until quite recently, television didn't really struggle so hard to be completely realistic <laughs> in their portrayal of people in their professions. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. Space, the final frontier. Today we discuss the adventures of ten great Texas actors who have taken our imaginations among the stars. But first, what's your favorite Texas astronaut food? Well, um, as we discussed briefly, I think, on one of our previous episodes when we were discussing uh, space travel and NASA, um, they did send brisket into space at some point. So um, that's probably would be my top choice. There's not much more Texan than barbecue brisket, um, unless they've sent kolaches because, you know, kolaches. I like kolaches. But I couldn't find any definitive um, mention of whether they had uh, sent any kolaches into space. Well, they should. They should. They should, they, they should be available like anywhere. It's like a Those better Russians space donut. <laughs> well, I like the ice cream. I like the freeze-dried ice cream. I think it actually tastes really good. It's probably the one thing that your stomach can actually handle. Freeze-dried ice cream? Yeah. 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 All the lactase is completely gone. <laughs> <laughs> no milk, no butter, no corn, no peaches, yeah. no strawberries, no yeah. fun in the kitchen with Sean. Yeah, there's there's some neat stuff. We went to the the, the exhibit uh, at the Perot Museum last year, the traveling exhibit on on the space station and uh, and and the history of space travel. And they had some different different foods. Some of it was pretty neat. Some of it looks like stuff you just buy in the grocery store. But um, and then uh, we went a couple of years ago to the Johnson Space Center, and some of the tubes that the Russians sent up uh, are just kind of weird. Sausage. Ooh. <laughs> tube sausage tube borscht fun well i don't even know if astronauts drink this stuff but i just it's a piece <laughs> of my childhood t-a-n-g tang baby tang tang, tang tasted tang. terrible i think i, drank, I love tang i had tang i think just because i believed as a child that astronauts drank it and that makes it astronaut drink to me <laughs> i it once was, it was it, based it, on astronaut food. yeah <laughs> I once had, uh, you know that, uh, you know the, the the churned ice cream that you mm. that they make in the the churns back in the day. Uh, I once had Tang ice cream, and that was actually pretty good. Oh my god, you mean this food thing? Like we're gonna start a food blog from Sean that nobody's gonna read. <laughs> <laughs> Texas food, if you... I can't eat. <laughs> How about foods I can't eat? Blue Dr Pepper, blue peach cobbler, blue all these things. I the and without further ado, let's count down the top ten fictional Texas astronauts. Number ten, Larry Hagman as Major Nelson in I Dream of Jeannie. Born September 21st, 1931, in Fort Worth, Texas. Larry Hagman plays astronaut Captain Tony Nelson, United States Air Force. During his reentry from space, his space capsule Stardust 1 comes down far from the planned recovery area near a deserted island in the South Pacific. On the beach where he lands, Tony notices a strange bottle that rolls by itself. When he rubs it after removing the stopper, Smoke pours out, and a Persian-speaking female genie materializes and kisses Tony on the lips, shocking him. 
They cannot understand each other until Tony expresses his wish that Jeannie could speak English, which then amazingly she does, because she's a genie. Then, per his instructions, she blinks and causes a recovery helicopter to show up and rescue him. He's so grateful that he tells her she's free, but because she's fallen in love with this amazing astronaut and Texas hunk, she, uh, she's she been trapped for over 2,000 years. She re-enters her bottle and rolls it into his duffel bag so that she can accompany him back home. And then the TV series goes on, and uh, they have all kinds of great hijinks. It, uh, it's sitcom magic. Now, was that the pilot? That was from the pilot, yeah. And okay. there was actually a subplot in the pilot where he had a fiancé, but then they wrote her out in uh, the regular the, series. Was this one of those, was a pilot, black and white, and the series was color? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yes. I love that show. I watched it every afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, I I it, dream and genie was great. It's some Nick at Night yeah. magic there. What was uh, what was especially fun for me with I Dream and Genie was um, I think I knew of the show Dallas before uh-huh. I knew Genie, yeah. I Dream and Genie. So in my mind, it was always like somehow a distorted prequel. Um, <laughs> of Larry Hagman. <laughs> You know, yeah. he that I oh, used so to this be an astronaut. This, this is what he did before he uh, was an oil man or something, <laughs> right? So, but you know, so he was already very well defined as a Texan to me before because I I don't know I don't remember on I Dream of Genie if he was actually said he was from Texas if like his character was from Texas or not I don't remember. He, but he in my mind he was. Accent. He didn't have yeah the, he did the pronounced J R Ewing accent but he still had it. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm just saying. I don't remember if that very, was a story uh, detail or not, but he, in my mind, he was Texan just because I knew him as Jr. So now we just recently lost Ted Healy, who was played by Bill Daly. Yeah, great actor and a lot of things, but okay. uh, I just remember him from. He was always Major Healy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I never watched the Bob Newhart show, but I mean, he was very famous on the Bob Newhart yeah. show. But uh, yeah, he was always Major Healy. But did they live in Florida or in Houston? Uh, Florida. The show is actually set okay. in Florida. Yeah. So not entirely accurate, but that's okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> they would have, they would have lived in Houston, right? No, well, yeah. I guess the Mercury guys. I guess the Mercury crew did live in Florida. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, maybe you're not used to this, but um, until quite recently, television didn't really struggle so hard to be completely realistic <laughs> in their portrayal of people in their professions. Genie, I'm home. Genie, he was always the straight man. He's put upon. He was put upon straight. It was it was interesting, like re- looking because like he has none of the jokes. He has all he carry. He does. He just basically carries. A, but he carries a lot of the weight in his face in his reactions. It's a great show. Next, number nine, Tommy Lee Jones as Colonel William Hawk Hawkins, U.S. Air Force, retired in the movie Space Cowboys, directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, he was born September 15th, 1946 in San Saba, Texas. And so the premise is in the night in 1958, four promising Air Force test pilots are brown, are grounded after a plane crash. They are they are informed that the Air Force will no longer be providing pilots for space travel. Instead, it will be done by the newly created NASA. Uh, the plane crash creates a lifelong rift between Hawk, who is played by Tommy Lee Jones, and his best friend, Frank Corvin, played by Clint Eastwood. So now you fast, you fast forward to the year 2000. The year 2000. In the year 2000. Unfortunately, it's not. 
Yeah, unfortunately, it's not 1958, and they're projecting to the year 2000. It's filmed in 2000. Uh, NASA is they've gotten this aging Soviet communication satellite that's about to crash into the Earth, and they find out that uh, that the Soviets had stolen the uh, the control system that Frank had designed way back in the day when he was a scientist working for Skylab. And so they want him to go debug it, and he takes advantage of the situation by getting uh, he getting uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character uh, Hawk Hawkins, as well as the characters played by James Garner and Donald Sutherland. So they all go up on the space shuttle Didlis to go fix the satellite. It turns out the satellite is full of nuclear missiles, and they're about to go off. And also, Hawk has terminal cancer, so. He decides they decide the only way to save the day is to ignite the rockets of the satellite and shoot it to the moon. And Hawk in the EVA suit takes the final flight towards the moon and he spends his last day at last moments on the moon. Um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This movie is 18 years old, Scott. I think if you haven't if you haven't watched it yet, you know, you you, you... it is it is entertaining. It's internet, but it by the is. way, it's like people watching this. Wait, oh wow, this is an old movie. Remember when we had a space shuttle? Yeah. <laughs> um, remember these guys were just kind of old. Yeah, they were not old. I like the part uh, where uh, where uh, I like the part where Clint Eastwood says, "Get off my lawn." <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and I mean, this the scientific that he the end scene is very touching, where he's sitting there on the moon, looking back at the Earth. He does this flight from from high Earth orbit to the moon in about 11 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not the four days it would take, and he would have starved to death and run out of oxygen. But, you know, movies. Hey, what are you going to yeah. say? They use the, the same sort of uh, uh, movie ge- geography that well, in uh, Sugarland Express. Well, look, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason this is number nine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason it's number nine on the list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I will. I will just say that uh, you know Tommy Lee Jones. Um, very good. Do what? He was very good in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's again going back to uh, talking about Larry Hagman and his his voice. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. I I always just assume he's from Texas. Whatever character he's playing, he must be from Texas because that's he doesn't do make any attempts to not be Texan. So, um, it, of course, it makes sense for an astronaut. There were a lot of Texans that were astronauts, so it works. Even when he played, uh, uh, I think, Massachusetts Senator Thaddeus Stevens in the Spielberg movie Lincoln, uh, he still does. He still has a Texas accent. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, like, he'll say, to you, "Let me tell you, man, I went to Harvard. All right, <laughs> Harvard. Yeah. Well, I mean." <laughs> You think you'd have like one Massachusetts one just kind of in the bag, yeah. just just for rainy days. There is a nice there's a nice scene uh, where randomly he's like standing in front of a, a SR thirty one, the Blackbird reconnaissance aircraft, and he's talking to the nurse who's diagnosed him with cancer, and he's also his romantic interest. Anyway, he's telling her that he oh yeah I flew this I flew this plane when uh, on its last flight uh, to to retire it. It's just a neat, nice, nice little scene that he's got there, talking about talking about flying airplanes and how much he loves flying. So, uh, so the quote is, uh, "What is a pancreas, anyhow? I mean, I don't know what the damn thing does for you besides give you cancer." He did not play a doctor no. in the movie. No, no, he didn't. 
<laughs> yeah, if your doctor doesn't know what your pancreas does, maybe you want to change doctors. All right. Uh, coming in at number eight, uh, we've got Alan Tudyk as Wash from Serenity and prior to that, Firefly. Uh, he was born March 16th, 1971 in El Paso, Texas. Uh, the story of this movie says in the 26th century, humanity has left an overpopulated Earth to colonize a new solar system. The central planets formed the Alliance and won a war against the outer planet Independence, those who resisted joining the Alliance. Uh, they're also known as the Browncoats. The TV series and film are about the crew of Serenity, a Firefly-class starship on the run from the Alliance. Alan Tudyk plays Wash, Serenity's pilot and husband to fellow crew member Zoe. He became a pilot just to see the stars, which were invisible from the surface of his polluted homeworld, and he joins Serenity despite being highly sought after by other ships. He was very lighthearted and tends to make amusing comments despite the severity of any situation. I think he's a model for living. <laughs> yes, uh, he is a, a bright light in a vast darkness i also yeah i love 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 this show uh, a lot of people i love this show all eight episodes are great uh of course the Before amazing the amazing uh, nathan fillion everybody in the cast is is just uh incredible and and the Spot movie's on. great too the movie's great too and then i don't know where having the guy that directed that movie i don't know that he he went on to do much after this but you know josh something um, you know, I, the thing is, is like, I was, he, he's a, he's a space pilot from the future, but he's also a guy that graduated from, I think he went to Plano or did he go to Plano East? Nah, Plano East. I think he went to Plano. Yeah. So he's a, you know, he's a Plano kid. Uh, and he went off and he's made good in Hollywood. He's played a number of robots. He was the voice of, uh, the robot from iRobot with, uh, Will Smith. And then of course he was also, uh, K2SO in the, Rogue One, which was fabulous. He's he's been a million voices in different he's, Disney, Disney and Pixar movies. He was mm-hmm. he was the Baron Wesselton. That's Wesselton. Weaselton. Frozen. Yeah, no, he's great. Uh, he's great in everything. Uh, he's 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 a fantastic actor. So you oh, just he, can't get enough of him. What he was King Candy. He's King Candy in uh, <laughs> yeah. Wreck It Ralph. No, he's he's in all those That's Disney. Candy. He's in all those two Disney films, right? But he wasn't a space pilot. As King Candy only raced cars. As Turbo, he yeah. went Turbo. But you know this this show. Uh, I just I I loved. He was he was the to me he was the heart and the humanity of the show. Uh, he really represented a lot of the everyman that you look for in these kinds of uh, ensemble pieces, and and he's just. Absolutely fantastic. If he's, uh, he's also the pirate in uh, Dodgeball. So, I mean, like I said, this guy's got range and a true Texan to boot. Born and raised. Yep. Um, there were actually 14 episodes of Firefly. That's true. Eight aired, I think, but yes. Oh, boy. Fox, you don't know what you missed. Sitting on a gold mine, folks. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I soar. Oh, it still brings tears to my eyes. Rest in peace, Wash. Rest, Rest in, in peace. peace. Rest in peace. Number seven, Owen Wilson as Oscar Choice from Armageddon, born November 18th, 1968 in Dallas, Texas. Now, Armageddon is a movie about a giant asteroid that's going to smash into the Earth, and only Bruce Willis, his rugged crew, and his knowledge of drilling 
can save us all. What else can I say about this movie? If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. So just pause the podcast, get yourself to iTunes or Amazon Prime. Just go watch this thing. Uh, Owen Wilson plays Oscar Choi. Sorry, Oscar Choice. A it's so hard because it's written as Choi on IMDb, but I think they say Choi sometimes because they. Owen play Owen Wilson plays Oscar. He's a spacey but absolutely brilliant geologist who also owns a horse ranch outside of El Paso. Now, unfortunately, in the course of the film, he does die, but he dies a true Texas astronaut hero. <laughs> this is a gloriously dumb movie. Uh, uh, it's it's in what, every way possible. You know what though? Michael the, Bay, uh, Peak Bay, Peak Bay, <laughs> Peak Bay. <laughs> well, here's the thing I love about this movie, though, is that they actually filmed a lot of the scenes in at NASA in Houston uh-huh. and the space center. Like we talked all about, and the and the rig on on the uh, the at the beginning, the platform rig. Yeah, is, yeah. is in the golf. It's true. So we talked all this stuff. There's all this Texas in that movie, um, but it's it's so funny because as Sean says, it's a you know. He likes to knock it. I mean, I think it's better than Deep Impact. But uh, uh, it is. But the thing about Armageddon is, is that it's Peak Bay, it's popcorn fun. Um, but he got the real people from NASA. They got the real sets. They used a lot of the, you know, it's it's actually it, the set pieces and the and the cinematography elevate the film. Um, yeah, yeah, there's there's whole fit there's whole. St- whole sequences of the film that looked like an uh, an American Express commercial, you know. Listen, we were so much younger than when this came out. We enjoyed it. But yeah. Owen and, Wilson. And, uh, and yeah. Aerosmith theme song, Ben Affleck. I mean. Yeah. And I have to say, um, unlike, I mean, as much as I love Alan Tudyk, um, he does not exactly wear Texan on his sleeve. Um, yeah. Owen Wilson, much like Tommy Lee Jones and Larry Hagman, um, regardless of his role, <laughs> it is very hard to separate the Texan from uh, this Wilson boy. Uh, gosh. I mean, hey, man, I'm just saying. Hey, I'm Owen Wilson, okay? Gosh. <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I mean, listen, the other thing, though, is, is like you look at like uh, his work. He's done serious dramatic work. He's done a whole bunch of Wes Anderson films that are just absolutely genius. Um you know, and then he goes on and does a bunch of like silly comedies with with Vince Vaughn. Like he's got a lot of range, and he's he's a great actor. And and uh, you know, he's still Texan man. He still wears it right on his he wears it right on his sleeve. Or see, see if you can do the quote with the voice. There you go. Uh, okay, so the the scariest environment imaginable. Thanks. That's uh, that's all you gotta say. Scariest environment imaginable. <laughs> What's it like up there? <laughs> Great. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, honorable mention on that one for another another true Texan, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, not yes. Texan, and also he not an raised in Amarillo. I know, so born Texan here enough. though, not born. He just raised missed the cut. In Texas, and he was not an astronaut, which is kind he of the not an Had he been born in Texas, we'd have had the astronaut farmer on the list. That's true. Okay. Well, number six, Dennis Quaid as Gordo Cooper famous real-life astronaut in The Right Stuff. And Gordo Cooper was born April 9th, 1954. Actually, Dennis Quaid was born April 9th, 1954 in Houston, Texas. Now, this was the adaptation uh, in 1983 of the nonfiction novel by Tom Wolfe, which chronicles the first 15 years of America's space program, as well as the early days of test flight uh, with Chuck Yeager. It focuses on the lives, besides Chuck Yeager, of the lives of the Mercury astronaut, and it recounts the dangers and the frustrations, as well as the humor 
uh, of the experiences they had in as they were involved in NASA's earliest achievements. And it depicts their family lives and their personal crises as they navigated through this time. So it runs up until uh, the launch of Cooper's um, Cooper's mission uh, in the Mercury program. Dennis Quaid plays real-life astronaut Gordo Cooper, who was one of the Mercury 7 astronauts. Uh, he's self-assured, he's cocky, and it's everything we love about Dennis Quaid and everything we loved about the late Gordon Cooper. Um, and he was also played an astronaut, an internaut in inner space. Love that movie. I love inner space. I love, I, I'm sorry, I love the right stuff more. It's one of my very, oh, no, no. I just, it's like, it, you know, any chance to see him in a, in a tiny capsule. I, I mean, it can be a space capsule, <laughs> I'm gonna go any an undersea capsule. Well, let's talk about Gordo Cooper and the right stuff. I mean, the thing about this movie yeah. is, is you want to look at an incredible ensemble piece uh, amazing actors like every one of those guys is every one of those Lance guys Hendrickson. is a rock star including Lance, Lance Hendrickson yeah I know <laughs> uh who I checked is not Texan but has a yeah. lot of Texas connections <laughs> um but Dennis Quaid is just he's I mean just this is peak Quaid I think this could be on this movie next Casting on this movie was next level I mean it was it was so so accurate to to the not necessarily all of the looks, although uh, Ed Ed Harris looks just like uh, John Glenn did at the time, but it, it seems like it it's cast more like on attitude and on perspectives, and that was that was what was brilliant about this casting. It was just yeah. everybody had the right edge to their character, and and yeah. Gordo Cooper, who was you know, nearly kicked off the program for multiple, for wrecking his Corvettes multiple times and wrecking boats, <laughs> motorcycles, uh, just a daredevil person, person and persona. And Dennis Quay just nails him as just, he's got that grin, yeah. you know? Yeah. That. Well, and you know, you know, you mentioned John Glenn looking or, um, Ed Harris looking just like John Glenn. Well, to me, when I saw this as a kid, um, in my mind, that's, those are still the people, the faces I picture when I think mm -hmm. of these these astronauts. When I when I read about them elsewhere, um, and I have to say that uh, next to um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in uh, Total Recall, uh, this is Dennis Quaid is my favorite Quaid. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I listen. I think that <laughs> uh, the thing I think is cool about this movie, though, is is I don't know. It's just it's it's a little long. But uh, it is great and, and worth it, watching for sure. But I mean, it, the, no, the thing of the, this movie, uh, so fantastic. But Dennis Quaid just, Dennis Quaid is walking around in this film with other people who are acting. Like, I feel like Dennis Quaid just showed up and said, like, we don't, don't change a thing. Just do you because you're exactly what we need. <laughs> this this good looking Texas kid just showed up and strolled on the set and just started doing his thing. Now I will say an honorable uh, another another hat tip he he was also an interstellar pilot in a wonderful film called Enemy Mine. Oh my gosh, that's a fantastic yes. movie. It's another yep. spacesuit opportunity that you're missing yes. with Mr. Quaid. That's three. That's yes. triple threat. That's the hat trick. <laughs> yes. uh, so the the right stuff does have a notable Texas moment in it. Uh, there is a scene where they're being welcomed to Houston with the opening of the yes. Johnson Space Center. And it's the pre uh, vice president, then vice president uh, uh, Johnson, 
welcomes them to the Astrodome for a welcome barbecue, Texas style, you know, and they <laughs> and they have this giant and it's truly an event, I believe, that did happen. Mm-hmm. They had this giant barbecue for all the civic leaders in Houston to meet the astronauts in yep. the Astrodome. And then uh, was it a Bell Star, the the famous feather dancer stripper, did a did a performance. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think we talked about that briefly yeah, we in did. another episode. Yeah. And um, those events did happen; they just didn't happen at the same time. I don't yeah. think. I think but, that performance and the barbecue were two separate events. But hey, man, like, and, and they but, didn't yeah. happen at the exact same time as Chuck Yeager was trying to break up flight records. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, look, it's called movie magic, not no, movie no, magic. ordinary. Saying, okay, guys? We're we're nominally a, uh, a history show, yeah. so uh, we're just trying to... Yeah. All right. Trying well, to point, course, point out the differences. <laughs> and, of course, the quote, the best quote of the movie, practically, is, who's the best pilot I ever saw? Well, you're looking at him. Very humble man, Gordo Cooper. <laughs> Number five... We have Ethan Hawke as Ben Crandall in the movie Explorers. Ethan Hawke was born November 6, 1970 in Austin, Texas. Ethan Hawke plays Ben Crandall in Explorers, a boy who spends his free time watching sci-fi films, playing video games, and reading comic books. Sounds I want to pause very you. familiar to me. Yeah, yeah sounds very familiar. <laughs> we could not we identify with this kid when we saw this movie as kids. Crazy, crazy made-up character. Anyway... Ben begins having vivid, strange dreams filled with, of all things, technology, circuit boards, etc. River Phoenix plays Wolfgang Muller, his nerdy science friend who manages to interpret the dreams. Together, they build a working spaceship out of a -a tilt-a-whirl. Joined by a third friend, the boys take off into outer space and encounter some very odd extraterrestrial life. Some genius Um, extraterrestrial life. Yeah. Now, I haven't watched this movie since I was a kid, oh my and this is one of those that I've kind of held off on <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not sure that it will hold up uh, to my memory. But, you know, that first initial description of his character, you know, watching sci-fi movies, playing video games, reading comic books, it, it was basically me, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was no surprise that when this movie came out that um, I was very much enraptured by this film well not only that when this movie came out it was 1985 like so we were 10 yeah we were like this was was peak this was peak elfstrom yeah and it was uh (laughs) produced by spielberg obviously and it was directed by the great joe dante Mm -hmm. uh who wrote this so i mean and the effects were industrial light magic this was like and this and let me interrupt you before you start the great robert picardo was plays, he, oh, plays was, the alien? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, also, okay. you know, so, he was great in Inner Space. He was great on Star Trek. He's just he's a brilliant actor. Not Texan, but we still love him. Yeah. Well, he is an old cowhand. <laughs> well, and it and it the female the the love interest for Ethan Hawke's character was Amanda Peterson, who was most famous for being in Can't Buy Me Love. Oh yeah, yeah. in eighty seven, two years later. So. Uh, this is the thing, Scott. I have a VCR in my garage. You need to find a VHS tape to watch this and plug this in. If you can find a CRT tube TV, that would be great. If not, just plug it into your 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 flat screen. And but find a smaller screen. I've got a 27 inch TV. You could watch it on. I think it'll work. I think that's that's really the way you need to watch. You don't it. think this would hold up if we blew it up to IMAX? 
I I think it is it is definitely that look and feel of 1985. It definitely has that feel and that look. Um, but I recently watched War Games, and that held up pretty well too, War even though it's really like mm-hmm. computer is magic, uh, can do anything. But I, so I don't know. I tried to watch this a couple of months ago on uh, cable, and I was kind of got a well, little bored about let, it a little bit of the series. Let so. me just say that, but like, like 1985 it, is a high watermark for movies. Like no, it's it a is. tough it year. Is. That's that's Breakfast Club, Goonies, Back to the Future, Weird Gremlins. Science. Clue, Gremlins was here before, yeah. yeah. Teen Wolf. There's a lot of great stuff that that came out like in '85. Like it was a it was a crowd. Silverado. Look at that. Thanks, IMDb. But the point is, is like it, it was a it was a busy year for it was a great year for movies. But this one just really struck. And I just you know, Ethan Hawke. Let's just let's just take a moment to salute his Texanness. Like not only has it continued to be a presence in Texas and Texas film, but you know, had that incredible turn in Boyhood. Yeah. Set where? In Texas. Austin. In Austin. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's... He's He's, he's good. He's great in this. He's very young and innocent. So. Yeah. It's a great portrayal, and I just... I, this one has a warm spot in my heart, I, because I was 10. I think I love... I think I actually <laughs> like that. I, I, I think I actually like this one most for Richard... Or for River Phoenix. I really... It's a great performance. He's really great. I think he's he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he's great in everything. So, so what's the quote? Uh, it says, uh, "If this is all a dream, what's going to happen when we wake up?" Oh, yeah. get that VCR if you want it, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Number four, Bill Paxton as Fred Hayes in Apollo thirteen, born May seventeenth, nineteen fifty-five, in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, this historical biopic recounts the events of the Apollo 13 lunar mission. Astronauts Jim Lovell, played by Tom Hanks, Fred Hayes, who is played by great Texan Bill Paxton, and Jack Swigert, played by Kevin Bacon, find everything going according to plan after leaving Earth's orbit. And then the film ends. Actually not. There's a huge <laughs> explosion when an oxygen tankster uh, causes NASA to cancel the moon landing, and they uh, struggle to begin the difficult task of figuring out how to get the astronauts home safely while the whole world watches this tiny crippled spaceship. Both struggles and success by the crew and NASA ground team highlight how failure can transform into triumph. Spoiler alert, they get back safe and sound. Um, you know, the thing is, is that uh, Bill Paxton... Just, he's just incredible. Just an incredible actor. One of my favorite actors. And uh, I absolutely think, like, he has a great turn in this film. There's such a chemistry between those three guys. And uh, Ron Howard just nailed it with this film. Like, this this set the template for, you know, what I think a historical drama can really be. Especially well, yeah. when you're doing this kind of high-tech space thing. Because everybody knows what's going to happen. You know, yeah. it's kind of how do you build tension when you know the Titanic's going to sink? How do you build tension when you know they get, you know, everything that's going to happen if you're a nerd and you've read about this I, thing? I mean, I have, I've, you know, we should do an episode on uh, Bill Paxton. Oh, wait, we did one. Oh, wait, we did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I mentioned on <laughs> that movie, I have seen the actual film of what happened in the spacecraft when they got back when they were on the carrier of the real astronauts, I have seen there's like, there's extra features on the DVD where I see Jim Lovell talking. And yet still, as they're waiting for that shoot to, to 
to pop out in a scene that depicting something that happened 40 years ago. I still, since the day I've seen that, this movie, I still get my, get choked up waiting for that shoot them to get the, you know, to get the radio contact back. Like that's, that's brilliant tension. When you take a historical event and you build dramatic tension where you, you ask yourself, I don't know if they're going to make it. <laughs> These historical characters who really did live. I, I don't know if they're going to make it through this. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a, and you know, and just talking about the the fidelity of how it looks and everything. Um, the two high points in space movies, you know, real life space movies for me are obviously the right stuff, which we discussed already, and this film, and uh, the notable difference being um, the the rocket launch footage in uh, Apollo thirteen. I felt <laughs> almost felt more realistic, even though it was completely fabricated (laughs) whereas the right stuff used a lot of actual stock film from actual launches Mm -hmm. so that goes to show you the uh the power of uh cinema magic yeah i love it i love it so absolutely fantastic performance one of the best fake texas space astronauts he said in the movie i know why my numbers were wrong i only figured it for two people i my favorite quote is actually what he says I think Schweigert gave me the clap from Pete in my relief tube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of pulled I, I pulled a different one. Number three, Matthew McConaughey as Cooper in the movie Interstellar, my birthday buddy. November fourth, nineteen sixty nine, Uvalde, Texas. Uh all right, all right. Uh, all Matt right. McConaughey, yeah. So Matt McConaughey plays, uh, it says, set slightly in the future, and mankind has destroyed most of civilization and our environment, and the only thing that will grow is corn. Cooper is a former astronaut who's struggling to get by as a farmer growing corn. He's, he stumbles, across, there's a series of unusual occurrences that lead him to a secret facility where he meets up with Dr. Brand, uh, who is a NASA scientist who he used to work with. And this physicist is working on creating temporary habitats for humanity in space. And they also are exploring nearby planets on the other side of a wormhole just off uh, the orbit of Jupiter. And then there's a lot of timey-wimey time travel stuff. Not really time travel stuff, but relativity stuff. Uh, and and some time travel stuff. And then it gets a little weird from there. But this is... Uh, a great, great, great movie. I think it's a fascinating, compelling movie. It's, it's very loud and it's very long, uh-huh. but it's definitely worth watching. And it's gorgeous to look at and great Beautiful. performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, McConaughey is tremendous. There's some great scenes that he has uh, where he's not interacting with his daughter, who's played by Jessica Chastain, but reacting to seeing her and. uh uh, it's pretty powerful stuff, but it's a great movie. It's it's definitely a movie for physics buffs, whereas I think The Martian, which came out around the same time, is a movie for engineering uh, buffs, uh, engineering nerds. So I think I think that uh, I think but those, they're both great. I think people who like those kinds of movies probably could could handle seeing both, Sean. And yeah, I think yeah. if you like well, space nerd and, movies, you can watch yeah, them both. And, and if you like to see Matthew McConaughey cry. Yes. This is your movie. Oh my gosh. This well, so there was the best part of this movie is not this movie at all, but there was a short clip. There's a short clip of him seeing video of his daughter 
and he's just he's just bawling his eyes out and crying watching this. And then that footage has been upcycled into so many different wonderful <laughs> creations by the internet <laughs> of like when the new Star Wars trailer came out, or when they had some you know funny cat video or something. And then you have Matthew McConaughey watch this thing just crying. It's just all of that, all of that oh, uh, love it. enjoyment and content <laughs> built on the foundation of Matthew McConaughey crying. Yeah, he's a hey, he's a great actor. We love him. Again, a lot of range. Boy, you don't mistake him for a Texan either. So I think that's no. pretty great. So you don't or someone besides a Texan. Yep. Well, uh, of course and then our uh our quote is Murph <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, our number two on our list of Texan astronauts movie Texan movie astronauts is Michelle Rodriguez as Trudy Chacon in Avatar. Uh, Michelle was born July 12th, 1978 in San Antonio, Texas. On the lush alien world of Pandora live the Navi, who appear primitive but are highly evolved. Because the planet's environment is poisonous to humans, human-Navi hybrids called avatars must link to human minds to allow for free movement on Pandora. A paralyzed former Marine becomes mobile again through one of these avatars and falls in love with a Navi woman. As a bond with this woman grows, he's drawn into a battle for the survival of her world. Um, yeah, so Michelle Rodriguez's character is uh, not exactly the star of this film. Um, she wasn't mentioned in that plot at all. But she, <laughs> It's a long movie. She, There's like a lot of yeah. characters in it. But she's, but she's she a is critical character. Mm-hmm. She is instrumental. She's sympathetic to the, uh, the conflict, um, the good guys in this conflict. And um, she's a kick-ass pilot for the uh, um, corporate corporate security forces there on Pandora. Um, she's, she's basically uh, a helicopter pilot, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but, uh, you know, she does a great job. And uh, she's, I think she's a great actress. She's, she's a real, plays a really great, tough lady. And uh, I love, love her in this movie and uh, non-astronaut movies as well. She's going to make a, a, be a high ranking in the countdown when we do uh, famous Texans in the Fast and Furious series. <laughs> she's going to be number one. <laughs> she's the most Texan of the most furious people. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I think it was a game changer of a film for people. Um, you know, James Cameron went off and, and made this thing and if you didn't see it in 3D in theater, that was the thing that really blew me away was he really was the first guy to nail that. And it was an, a really incredible experience. Um, uh, and, and she's great in the film. She has a lot. She's actually a, a really present throughout the film. She's, you know, she's, she's a bit of the, I wouldn't say she's the heart of the, I wouldn't, I don't know. How would you put it? She's, she's one of those grounded people who's really kind of the heart of the film that she's part of the machine and then kind of evolves out to, to really, uh, understand her place in the universe. So, anyway, just a hat tip to, to one more space pilot. Give us the quote. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you for flying, Air Pandora. Wow, that is a really boring quote. That is, Sorry. there is, there is not a lot of great ones that aren't more like, <laughs> get down, look out. <laughs> well, um, there you go. All right, all right. Maybe isn't the most accurately ranked list, but I'm going to do <laughs> number one. This is cheating a little bit. This one is cheating. 
but there's a there, okay. I'm cheating with number one. It's Bill Paxton again, <laughs> as the amazing Hudson, and the wonderful Jim Cameron aliens. So it's two Jim Camerons right in a row. I know, but he also was, he was not also an born astronaut, not an astronaut, space he, marine, he's a space traveler, <laughs> who. You know, he's on a spaceship. Like, I mean, just because you're, you know, if you work for NASA and, like, you're, like, the guy who's in charge of the air conditioning, yeah. well, we'll you're still an to, astronaut. Uh, we'll have to uh, put this on the tangential discussion to our time travel. Hey, this is why we have... what, what I, constitutes an astronaut. This is what Twitter's astronaut for, Astronaut or not. Get on the Twitter new, new and you start Twittering at us about who should and should not be considered a fake Texas astronaut. But Bill, Bill Paxton, he's Hudson and Aliens. One of the greatest movies ever made. He was born, obviously, 1955 in Fort Worth. After floating in space for 57 years, Lieutenant Ripley's shuttle is found by a deep space savage team. She is then asked to lead a group of hardened space marines to the alien world where she found the, uh, the original alien. Once they arrive at LV-426, the marines find only one survivor, a young girl named Newt. Can these elite space marines stand up to the endless hordes of aliens? I don't know. I guess you have to watch the movie. Ah, pretty much, no. pretty much no. Pretty much no. They don't. Yeah, pretty much no. They don't. But it's an amazing film. Great, great action movie. Um, and it's set in space, and they fight aliens, and like there's no aliens in Apollo 13. So that part of the movie's a little boring. And they don't do any astronaut stuff. <laughs> they don't do. Okay. They do. They have the. They have the space drop, and they have the spaceship, and then there's a spacesuit fight at the end. Where they have to open the pod bay doors and like the thing sucks out. Yeah, no, there's all kinds of space. You're stuff. describing Starship Troopers. You're nope, not describing nope, an astronaut nope, scenario. No, 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 no. I, you know, there's it wasn't like hordes of <laughs> hordes of them sitting. I, you know, there's there's just a few enough Marines. I'm gonna say that he's kind of a fictional astronaut, and also, you know, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of Texan. He's got more Texan cred than astronaut cred in this one, but that's okay, because I can. In terms of watchability, this one is one of the most watchable on the list. Come on. Come on, man. Because it's Bill Paxton. Is it going to be another bug hunt, yeah. sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, it's it's basically him doing Chet from Weird Science in space. You got to love that, you put right? her in charge? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, there are a lot less... Texas astronaut films than you think. I I would say this. This is more astronaut for Bill Paxton than Texas Rising was Texas for Bill Paxton. Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired at the History <laughs> Channel by Sean <laughs> at Mac Sean with two ends. Oh. All right. So go watch Aliens, guys. And you can tell me if you think that he's is he, is there enough space stuff to qualify him as an astronaut? Yeah. Game over, man. If you don't already have aliens, this this Christmas, this Black Friday, go to go to Walmart, wait in line, and pick up the five dollar Alien Blu-ray. Yeah. Or, or just buy it on Amazon. Uh, uh, no, Amazon. No, or you wait until April twenty sixth, and then <laughs> then they all the movies go on sale for five dollars a piece on iTunes every April. Alien <laughs> Aliens Day. Um, well, listen, so. Uh, I'll throw it out there. Are there any? I mean, are there any other notable Texas astronaut movies that you think like uh, we could we might have missed? Mm, 
I mean, Enemy Mine is pretty great. Enemy Mine is fantastic. Enemy Mine is fantastic. And if somebody deserved a second slot, it would probably be Dennis Quaid. A little bit over Bill Paxton. But I will say that, like, Aliens is a little more watchable than Enemy Mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Enemy Mine's kind of dated. I mean, it's very, very good, but it's a little... It's a little dated for what we, we what we're used to today, in terms of film. But it's an excellent movie. Very, oh no, it's still good, still good, still good. Scott, you got any space films? No, I mean the, the nice thing about watching anything space or NASA related is that uh, you got pretty good odds of Texas being involved somehow. So it's the legacy of Johnson excellent. Space. So young, young artists, young writers, young directors. Uh, go find some great Texas actors and make some space movies. Need more Texas astronauts. Mm-hmm. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And you can follow us individually, too. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. If you like this show, if you like space movies, if you like Texas, tell your friends about what we're doing. And please leave a review on iTunes because that really helps us out to find listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please visit patreon.com slash Texas podcast, where you too can become a come and take it Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.